CBCC episode 93, my realization of the day. It's rumored that back in the day, star of today's film, Adrian Brody, was considered for the role of the Joker in The Dark Knight. But if his performance tells me anything, deep down, he really wanted to play Batman because what the fuck is his voice doing in this movie? Let's take a hit and pass that spooky shit. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, a podcast very high on horror films. I'm your host, Devon Taylor. Sitting with me, I have Mr. Garrett McDowell. I liked when you moved over your bong, you hit your glass of water, and it sounded like a bell. Like you were like ringing the bell on this episode. Uh, like yes. It was like a boxing match. Services, <laughs> services in. Services in. And uh, and I'm not going to, uh, usually we kind of jibber jabber for a minute and like let our ghosts, uh, or uh, and let our guests sit uh, in Zoom just like awkwardly and silently. I say let's just keep it going. But you know? it's, even <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. It's even worse. We have a guest in person, finally. That's we've, right. We've, we've tried to make this happen a couple times because we've had a few guests that live in L.A., but due to, you know, COVID things or one reason or another, we have still done mainly uh, all, all virtual. Yeah. But we have uh, one of uh, an old friend of the show. Uh, he was on in uh, one of the earlier episodes. Uh, we covered uh, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, which was a fantastic time. And uh, me and me and this uh, guy, we've been potting for for a minute, for for a few years actually. Uh, he was uh, guest in on my previous podcasts and uh, all sorts of things. We've done all sorts of things back in the college days. He is a comedian and co uh, not co host. You're, you're the only host of your own podcast. Of uh, we didn't peak. It is Chance Nichols. Hello, it's me, Chance Nichols, and I can't get COVID. And like, I'm immune. Oh, congratulations. I was in a, like, two months ago, I was in a car with two people who were positive and uh, showing symptoms with the windows rolled up, and never once tested, po- took a test every day for a week after, never once tested Damn. positive. Is this so. is this something that you proclaim on every podcast that you go <laughs> yeah, on to, yeah. just to just to flex on whatever, to like, me. crowd of fans that they to, have? To ease the room, <laughs> ease the room. By the way, I cannot yeah. get COVID. This guy's like, damn, this is fucking really, serious. I'm really trying. comedian and he can't get COVID? <laughs> Actually, um, a fun fact about me is I'm immune to strep throat. Uh, fun fact about me, I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know any diseases. <laughs> What's I'm, that? Uh, it's like a horse guy. I hear it's yeah. really. Ra- I hear it's a really rare disease. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's it's not contagious, so don't worry. No, okay. just neurological. Yeah. Just neurological. How's, how's, huh. Do you know about monkeypox yet? Have you? Are you able to yeah. confirm or deny whether you're immune to that, or is it just COVID? I cannot confirm nor deny if I am able to contract the novel monkeypox virus. However. I have a good feeling that I can. Uh, okay. I've got weak skin. <laughs> it's I'm half Italian, which is strong skin, but also half Irish, which is uh, milk. 
I've yeah. seen you. So. I've seen you sunburn. Yeah, I do feel for you. As a, a hello, uh, a fellow uh, half Mick, I can also confirm that our our skin is uh, just in fact milk. <laughs> let me guess the other half. Um, not Scandinavian, German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got it. He got. Hey, yeah. audio listeners, guess <laughs> with us. What does Garrett look like? I'll give you a hint. It's not Nigerian. So literally yeah. any other super pasty uh, gr- group of people, it's probably a fair guess. I mean, yeah. I guess you're yeah. if uh, you were a stereotyped uh killer dropped on a predator planet uh you would be what you'd be the 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 quaint irishman i would be the the boston drunk like your local drunk at the bar who picks too many fights after a celtics game yeah (laughs) you look like baron zemo wearing a peter parker costume (laughs) i'm what hitler had in mind did you just confess that you're a predator at a bar garrett no, yeah, that's you know you misunderstood. Go to the next segment. Go to the next segment. <laughs> oh, and Uh-oh. then chance your stereotypical. Uh, well, you're actually <laughs> just because of your hair and beard combo right now. You're you would be um the American dude from Bloodsport. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I usually I I usually get you look like if Bob Ross got a DUI. <laughs> that's another. <laughs> so that's that's much more. That's a much friendlier. I look like if Lil Dicky got canceled. <laughs> Well, in Bloodsport, his character is like the stereotypical American, mm-hmm. and you'd be the stereotypical. They'd be like, "They're like, what are you doing on this planet?" Just like they told me, I was beer. I scarred dove myself. <laughs> I figured I'd just come on down here. That's like the. Uh, it's giving the same energy as the Australian feller in the new Mortal Kombat movie. Okay, oh, I God. love him though. He's actually the best <laughs> part of that Mortal Kombat movie. He's, he's um, secretly yeah. surprisingly. I think they're making a sequel to that. And Unfortunately, it's just gonna be about him. So, oh, well, if that were the case, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a one-act play in the NoHo <laughs> Arts District. That's the budget they have. Coming to America with Kano. Yeah. Good luck finding parking. That's all I yeah, yeah, but uh, we're not talking Mortal Kombat uh, this month. We are knee-deep I mean, in the kinda, Predator. Kind of. It's kind of Mortal Kombat. You know? Actually, yeah. In there the literal are, sense. Well, there yeah. are Mortal Cam- Kombat uh, uh, connections because obviously, you know, uh, Yaucho would go on to be a playable character right. and have some... Uh, in His fatality was, of course, his spinal rip. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, pretty great. Right. So, we do have connections there, but uh, yeah, so we're knee-deep in the Predator franchise. Uh, film number three of five and, um, you know, so... We, we covered two last week, and I think we uh, all agreed that it's not the best. Um, but it's interesting. I see people kind of clown this one and um, and uh, the next one that we're talking a little bit more. Um, so before we hop into it, did either one of you guys see this in theaters by chance? Uh, no. I sure did. You did? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I would, I would have been. Uh, yeah. Um, from what I can remember, probably not. I, I, I don't think there was a lot of people there. And do you remember it being a particularly lively crowd? How did people react if you remember? I'm remembering this. This was 2010, so I was a freshman in high school. And I believe I would have... So I would have gone with like someone's parents of some sort, probably. My mom would have never taken me to this. I, I remember walking away from it thinking, that was great. And then hearing all of the shit people talked about it, so and it just kind of uh, fizzled out for me. This is this was a movie that I had kind of forgotten about for a while. I think a lot of people have. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, hop into the third entry of the Predator franchise. <laughs> P- 
Predators released July 9th, 2010. Uh, most of the films are all released in summer months, so they stick with the sweaty theme of the franchise. Love it. Uh, directed by Nimrod Antal. No, we are not uh, dissing him. That is his name. Uh, this was written by Alex Litvak and Michael Finch. Uh, Michael Finch also uh, worked on the story with Robert Rodriguez, who uh, helped produce this film through his Troublemaker uh, studio. So this might be canon with Spide Kids. I Maybe. think uh, did Juno or is it Judy and the other one? What is the other? What, the, what are the kids' names? Junie and uh, Junie and Carmen. Carmen Cortez. Out of ten, what are the chances against the? Predator? Oh, they could take a predator. Yeah, you think yeah, so? Yeah. <laughs> they use the machete elastic wonder to choke him out. Their, their first, their first movie, they have little to no training, and they like take Whooping care of business. Army, yeah. So like, yeah, no, I, them two together with a uh, uh, with a little bag of gear, yeah, they could take yeah, on a predator absolutely. for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but. But uh, the score was done by John Debney, who has a very wide filmography of scores from Hocus Pocus to Sin City to Spy Kids and one of my personal favorites, The Replacements, nice. uh, underrated football film. Cute. That's right. uh, cinematography done by Yala Pados. And uh, this actually did pretty decent at the box office, uh, made $127.2 million on a $40 million budget, I believe the highest grossing of the franchise. Um, I mean, who is to say what Prey would have brought in? I mean, with the response of it, I think it's probably it brings easily would have. a tear to my eye. I think it easily would have uh, overtaken it. But uh, as of now, this is the highest grossing of the Predator franchise, uh, holding a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes on 203 reviews. So, you know, it's uh, fresh, but barely. Mm -hmm. And this holds a, but it does have a, lower letterbox rating than predator 2 had predator 2 had a 2.9 out of 5 while this one has a 2.8 out of 5 mm -hmm. uh so much higher uh on uh rotten tomatoes i guess with the critics uh but uh you know i use letterbox as the voice of the people um and as as uh, you know our current cinephiles at least yeah um so have it at a 2.8 which is you know still um well i guess no that's technically not fresh wouldn't be so um not uh, if you were to yeah convert the rotten tomatoes scale on over it, yeah. it is it is not fresh but i yeah i will say you had asked uh theaters i had not had an opportunity to see this in theaters i was the ripe old age of 11 when this came out nice. so i would have also had to ask my mom to take me to the theater um so i watched this like well after it came out was completely unaware of what the reception was to this movie uh, and I then and still do really enjoy this movie. And for the life of me, I don't quite understand why people don't don't at least think that this one is like, OK, I don't I don't quite understand why people could think this is like an actively bad movie. I think Predators is a lot of fun. Hmm. I think uh, I think the script is very weak. Um, it has some very, uh, you know, poor choice of the dialogue. Uh, and just some just like very just like bad lines and yeah. cheesiness to it. Uh, but as far as, um, you know, t you know, taking it in uh, some different directions, uh, you know, coming up with some fresh ideas, because mm -hmm. this is uh, 20 years later uh, from Predator 2. Yeah. Uh, so we've gone 20 years without Predator movie. So like, you know, OK, if we're reviving it, we got to come with something fresh, uh, you know, minus the AVP movies <laughs> and um, which I love. You know, I, I say the first one's not that bad. Uh, the second one is pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. My um, take on this movie, Predators, uh, is I I think it is a good, st a, a poorly directed good story. Hmm. 
like the idea is good. Like I yeah. love the idea of like, all right, we've seen the predator one on one in the jungle. We've seen the predator one on one in the in the urban like environment, the city. Now let's flip it. And now you go to daddy's house instead of daddy coming <laughs> over to your house for a yeah. little cigarette and milk dance. I, yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, I will I will say the, the the concept, though, is you would think going to an alien planet. I would say that is one of my bigger kind of complaints with the movie. It's just mostly the jungle. Like yeah. you see a big planet off into the distance. But other than them just being a lot of predators and there's like a, a turf war going on here, Jets, uh, Jets and Sharks style. It's mm-hmm. just mostly it's just uh, it's, it's Hawaii well, you know, where they filmed it. I feel like it's uh, that's they gave, came up with an idea that kind of offers up a little bit too many possibilities because mm-hmm. like, you know, this is our first time going to their planet. Of course, yeah. like we want to see more of it. We're going to have all these other questions, but like. We don't have time to get to all that. You know, and this yeah. movie doesn't, you know, is trying to do a lot of things. And, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't have time for all those things. Kind of, I mean, kind of similar to two, um, though. I feel like this one is a little bit more uh, cohesive and consistent mm-hmm. uh, through than two, um, because I feel like this is a, a, a fairly serviceable movie. Um, it's not a because I remember liking this one quite a bit. And then now rewatch it. I'm like. Okay, like yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fine, um, and but like Chance said, you know, there are a lot of really interesting ideas, you know, like having a, you know, like okay, like we've already had the the levels of you know human between Yauchas, but now it's like we're learning that they have, you know, this like whole hierarchy amongst themselves, and, yeah, um, and what they use these, uh, you know, the way that you know how it's different them hunting the humans and bringing them in. Uh, to just like prove points rather than you know going out and seeking these things as like you know the the next big thing. So uh, it, there's just a lot of ideas, and I just don't think the the movie had enough time to like kind of uh, go into all of it, especially with having you know the the ensemble cast being all uh, killers in their own rights. Mm-hmm. Is that how that's pronounced, Yaucha? Yaucha. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I I believe so. I saw. A, I I was reading that because. I've forgotten that there was a actual name for these things, like xenomorph is the, it, it, like alien, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and I saw that, and I didn't know how to pronounce it. But I mean, yeah, we we've been kind of interchangeably still calling yeah. it it's a like predator. The, the, the noise right. you would make if you stubbed your toe. Youcha, youcha. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Oh, that's really Garrett, good. striking again with your ah, dad jokes. I'm back. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> Garrett, you're 35 left. years old. That's you were right. 11 yeah. when this came out. <laughs> I've aged terribly. The, the pandemic really took a toll. Yeah. So. <laughs> So before we hop in, we, of course, got to uh, challenge our guests to uh, the 60-second synopsis. That's right. Uh, are you ready for this? Yeah. yeah. All right. But you told me about it two seconds ago. <laughs> I did. Uh, usually, I at, usually I give guests at least a day in advance to like know of the things to do. But yes, I, I totally did forget. I got this. All right. 60 seconds on the clock in three, two, one. Go. We open on a nose floating through the air. It's just a nose. You cannot see anything else through the clouds. What is this nose doing floating through the air? Turns out it's attached to a man. Adrian Brody is falling Fortnite style onto an island. Surprise, this is a secret Fortnite movie. He lands. He discovers others that are all carrying guns, except for one guy who's carrying a shiv and another guy who's <laughs> carrying a secret. They uh, realize that they've been dropped here. They think they're still on Earth. They walk around going like, well, we got to get off this. We got to get off this jungle. We got to figure out where, where the edge of this tree line is. And the woman who's 
uh, Brazilian but playing like an Israeli is like I don't think this is a jungle on earth and so then they uh, encounter these beasts and the beasts have masters and the masters are beasts themselves that are invisible and they come fighting them and then Lawrence Fishburne comes out of a hole and is just like I'm doing the John Wick character and then they drag him out and he goes to their they go to uh, Lawrence Fishburne's house he tries to kill them they kill him and then uh, the predators kill a bunch of people and then there's this big uh, fight at the end where Adrian Brody blows up a spaceship and uh, kisses a girl did they kiss? No. Did I missed that part. They didn't, but he does like kind of caress her. He does caress her at bit. one part is yeah, I love how that is the most intimate that they get in in this, which I'm glad. I was like, please no love story. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah. but fantastic uh fantastic job on uh, uh I think you definitely have it covered um if you guys haven't seen this film because maybe you didn't know it existed. Some people really don't know about this movie. Uh, go and watch it. They're all on Hulu right now. I yeah. think I've mentioned that in all the episodes. Uh, Thanks, all of them on Disney. Hulu. Uh, so go ahead and binge them up. Uh, but so, yeah, so let's go into Predators and let's go into the title and like kind of uh, the, the premise, you know, behind this one. Because, uh, again, I, I do remember uh, watching this for the first time. Um, I did not see it in theaters. I watched it on TNT, as uh, one does with this type of movie. Big TNT vibes from, from Big TNT. Right. This is totally a TNT yeah. movie. And I'm all for TNT movies. Um, and I remember watching it and then like, you know, at the 25 minute mark or so when they reveal that they're on the outro plant this time is like, oh, okay, this is nice because it does kind of lull you in thinking it's, you're getting a little bit more of the same, yeah. uh, with them being in a jungle setting again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I like it this, I like the, I like the shakeup. I like the idea behind it. And I wish they played a little bit more with, um, you know, that they're all predators themselves, you know, rather than we have one conversation about it, but. You know, I kind of wish there would have been a little bit like more mistrust and like uh, the the predator, like, you know, using its voice mimicking to like kind of mess with them within the group. I kind of wish we got a little bit more of that in the first half of this. Uh, yeah. versus just like kind of some surface level squabbling. I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's implied, I think, I was reading about this after I watched it again today, and it's sort of implied that I don't know if this is a planet that all of the, pre- like, the predators use because this group of three are they're they're called super predators in all the readings that I did. So the three big bads in this one seemingly are like outside of the system. And I think they like kind of do this. Uh, it's like an off the books thing because yeah. they are like it's noted that these three aren't really honorable. They yeah. they don't uh, they they kill people without they've weapons. went too far like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they're the radicals of uh of the outro community which is uh interesting these are the proud boys yeah there we go uh, <laughs> i knew i know. liked them so it's like <laughs> so we got the jungle hunter in the first one we got city hunter in the second one and then uh we'll call these the homeland hunters uh the the aka the proud boys of uh the predator the 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 pred boys pred yeah. boys Boom. There, there we go. Found it isn't eventually. Like a, isn't like a we car repair company, the Pred Boys? That's got? Pet Boys. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Very close. Fucking moron. <laughs> sorry. Very, yeah, very close. I, I do like the idea that it is addressed in this, that the, I, 
other than the first predator, I think a lot of the subsequent predators that we see just total scumbags. Like they're really punching below their weight. Mm-hmm. Not only do they bring them to their own home planet, but there's like multiple of them. Mm-hmm. One of them is a prisoner. One of them's just a nerd, like uh, like an a incel. Falcon. So yeah. there's a there's a, a falcon. There's a falconer. There's uh the tracker. The the berserker is like the the main the you know crazy one we see at the end. And then uh, I believe and then they just have classic in the credits. And I guess classic is the one that was tied up. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. He, he was meant to look exactly like the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they and so and then they they mention you know uh, Lawrence Fishburne mentions later that there is like kind of a feud that there's different types of them. Um. So it's like there's so I feel like these guys they're the outcasts already of the Yautra group, but then within the Yautra group there's also the smaller uh like the different types the smaller ones kind of look a little funny because they're a little smaller but their heads are still the same size mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. it's like <laughs> uh, a real life funko pops just running around you know they gave me a uh, vibes of uh the host of tsunami oh the uh, the, the robot dude shit, what was his name Andrew dave, dave? What mr. Was his it was name? mr tsunami no dr tsunami i can't loony tsunami what was his name oh the host of tsunami i don't know anyways uh, but they they did kind of give me that. I I liked uh the different designs. Uh, we get you know uh some slight variations on their masks, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was great. One's got like a little underbite jaw situation, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it's like uh it's like half metal with like the bone like on it. Yeah. Um, which I think is uh yeah, which is a pretty cool one. And like one of the other ones has a little more color in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was cool. Um, what, uh, what do you guys think about uh, the the pred dogs? We got pred dogs he, yeah. in this one. It, it, uh, well, uh, Tom, by the way, is the host of Toonami. Tom. Uh, there we go. Uh, I knew it was just like a very boring name. <laughs> Doctor Toonami right. is way Dr. better. T- I Tom Toonami. <laughs> I agree. Tom Toonami. Uh, my take on the pred dogs is they reminded me. It 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 gave me great memories of the Hulk dogs from Ang Lee's. Yes. <laughs> it was like here are creatures that are an extension of myself go forth and attack which really made me want to which also first off uh, i will say this very easy to kill uh one shot like dead uh, obviously it has to be a headshot from the lady but it's fine the other thing is it makes me wish that nick nolte was playing one of the predators uh <laughs> i think that would be controlling the predators and, and, and giving the exact performance of like I, I brought the humans here to earth and I got <laughs> just sort of swirling out in vodka um i i would i would 100% watch uh, nick nolte as a yaucha uh, the, uh you know i think it's uh it's fun you know we got to introduce something uh something a little new mm-hmm. and it's cool to see uh, uh we see a couple creatures you know besides the yaucha in this which are yeah. Uh, pretty interesting. What do you think? I think they're used like pretty sparingly, which is good. Um, I don't want them to be like the primary threat of this movie. Mm-hmm. I like that they use them like bloodhounds almost, or like like a Jack Russell, like in ye olden times, where they would you know hunt quail and stuff. As they as they mentioned, I like that they're just kind of a brief inconvenience, and they're more used for strategy. And the predators go in themselves because if that wasn't true, and the dogs were mostly the threat or a, a, a more sizable threat. I would be wondering, I'm like, well, that can't be satisfying. That can't be fun just to like let the dogs off the hook and then you just kind of wait for them to bring them back, I guess. Well, I find it interesting that um, you know, one thing that they mention in this is um, that the predators are using 
the ver- their various strategies against them. Yeah. You know, uh, there's like the the bait uh, version that um, that the um, Somali or not Somali Mahershala Ali, uh, Mahershala, by the way. a thick ass Mahershala Ali, Mar- Mahershala Ali doing a very thick accent, um, and uh, and. So they use his tactic, and then there's like the point where Adrian Brody's character like says like, "Oh, it's like something I would have done." And uh, so I'm assuming them using the Pred Dogs as them, you know, picking up from American hunters on Earth, or or maybe or you know, hint hint, uh, for um, you know, a movie that we'll mm. talk about later here in a couple episodes. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe they. Uh, oh, I didn't. I just thought of that. Did That's they steal like a dog from Earth and then like crossbreed them? Did, well, a, did a Yaucha have to take one for the team? Well, I'm just saying maybe at one point uh, the Yauchas heard about a certain Yaucha that got owned by a teenage girl and her dog and they go, oh, we got to get us one of those things. And right. then they the dog, bred their the, pred the dogs. Girl. Which I know we're not yes. talking. <laughs> I know it, this isn't the episode about Prey, but I'm not going to be on the episode about Prey. So I have to say... <laughs> On the record, I loved that movie. I thought it was very good. I thought it was cool. And there's something that it does tie directly into this one when Lawrence Fishburne's giving that monologue about, like, they come back, like, more prepared with better weapons and better each year. And it's like, you don't really think about alien civilizations in movies advancing because they're already so advanced enough to, like, do, like, intergalactic travel Mm -hmm. but it is cool to see in prey that theme of the predators constantly evolving you're seeing one from 300 years ago like that seems very primitive compared to the one we met in the 80s where it's like he's wearing like a bone helmet and it's all stripped down like they haven't nailed their look yet and uh yeah that's just cool to me to see like oh these things do like grow and adapt and change and their weapons get better when you say nailed their look it makes me think that they're having like a costume montage like pretty woman style Mm -hmm. where they come out and they're like "Uh, and then they come out with the fishnets and they give them like a big thumbs oh yeah they are they are big (laughs) into the fishnets yeah they're bisexuals their entire species is bisexual. We don't see like any lady predators, so they no, they could. They're be. Uh, they're very androgynous. Uh, they have long dreadlocks and they wear fishnets. Uh, yeah, predators uh, androgyny. I'm here for yeah, it. Painted nails. <laughs> I'm here, painted that's, nails. That's true. And <laughs> those they, are I mean, just acrylics. <laughs> and they and they personalize their masks as we kind of see in this one. Um, right, you know right. that they do uh, put their own like little uh, attachments to them. Uh, notice uh, again. So to point out against, uh, you know, we talked in last episode how the city hunter is just like that, just like you know, just like junked out hunter guy that's just out for numbers. He has no more honor, no more. So he's out there. He's in big armor. He's got the most tech. I noticed uh, amongst the franchise, he's really the only one that's that armored. Mm-hmm. I've kind of noticed the other ones all do usually have like pretty minimal armor. They have like maybe a chest piece, but that's about it. Versus the guy in two needed just all the gear, fucking needed to be just like fucking like in his like full warrior garb, yeah. um, taking it way too seriously against a organized crime, right? Which honestly, at least someone had to do it, you know? Yeah, and the, and there's something about gang uh, predator and gangs because I guess uh, in the second one, but then in here, like how they're mentioned that there's kind of like a, a feud between the factions of mm-hmm. them. Do you guys, uh, Garrett, do you wish we kind of saw a little bit more of that? More uh, like interplay between the the predator like yeah. conflict that we get because we do eventually get a predator on predator fight which is dope. You know I don't think it's 
I don't know. I I think that one of my favorite things about this is how lean this movie is. I think it could be a little meaner, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I think it is yeah. very lean, and I don't need to see the you know the predators have a turf war where they're you know like like West Side Story style. I think I like the simplicity that it's like we're bigger than you, so we're gonna take this land or whatever from you. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's laid out pretty simply, and it doesn't need to be like, well, they have differing ideologies or, of how to yeah. be a predator. It's just like, yeah. no, we're bigger than you, so we're gonna kill you because it seems more animalistic that exactly. way. Exactly, which we already kind of implied more of that on yeah. like you know again like how they're kind of the more radical ones. Uh, we imply that without needing that little just line of exposition yeah. to like throw it out there. They're like, oh, because like I, I just feel like they kind of threw it out there and then did nothing with it. Yeah, yeah, and I I can't remember if it's touched on at all. I think it is in the uh, Alien versus Predator Requiem movie, that sequel to AVP, where it's like you get way more of like the actual Predator planet because this isn't like the Predator homeworld that they're on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, with this like is the city. a hunting ground. They they literally call it a reserve yeah, multiple game times. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like you get this thing of um, the Predator society, they, they really peel back the layers slowly and you just kind of learn by, uh, it's, it's a great, um, like a, kind of an example of show don't tell where it's like no one's ever sat down and been like, all right, these things—they're called the Yak Yapats, and they and they come from space. And here's their technology. Here's the thing. This, this is also Nick Nolte too. Right, <laughs> and they, they drink water. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's kind of like John Wick. How in John Wick, you are just dropped in the middle of this world with very yeah. specific rules and hierarchies and systems. Yeah, and they no one ever explicitly explains it, but through moving mm-hmm. the characters through this world you yeah. know okay so they travel in threes yeah. they are honor killer they collect skulls there's like elders they travel to planet okay i'm i'm picking up on it which is a, a really cool thing that i think is why these movies i like way more than the alien movies i was, I was just gonna say the same thing it's yeah. yeah very much a a uh strength that this film does have over this uh over that one is yeah we literally learn this all ourselves mm-hmm. like you know i've never touched any of the predator comic books myself personally or really done any additional research mm-hmm. but we are able to pick up on all these context clues and it's just you know very simple and easy uh versus yeah i think uh the one uh, detriment of the alien franchise is they uh, often you know try to explain too much because then they try to explain too much and then contradict something else because they lose track of it yeah. uh, versus here they just uh, kind of keep the lore a little more simple it's just uh, each film they just add a, a little bit more I like how they don't you know yeah. go too far either like we haven't like escalated from like you know it's been a very slow escalation yeah. which... I'm, I'm not gonna let this podcast become a prometheus uh, uh oh trash God. talking it because oh okay i'm, I'm not, not a big no. prometheus guy i'm not, I'm you not go, trash i'm not trash talking you go prometheus. stand under a waterfall if you love it so much <laughs> <laughs> that's uh i i will say this do you guys think nimrod walked into uh, uh rodriguez's office and uh, just walked in, saw all of his executives for a troublemaker, walked up to the whiteboard and wrote Predator. Hell yeah, with the dollar S sign. Dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is kind of that uh, that same idea. And I, I totally agree with what you guys were, were saying as far as like we do get like a we, we get a glimpse of the iceberg, but we don't see what's maybe looming under the surface. And I yeah. think what you would often find in a lot of these movies, I think Alien is a different story, but a lot of these movies like the, the answer isn't as interesting 
interesting or as interesting as you thought it might be and or the one that you kind of perceived to be in your head um where i think with with this film again if we were to go into this full-on turf war and we like see the predators like barking at each other with little subtitles of like hey you stay on your side of the love the reserve or whatever i just think it would be a little silly and oh, so and also glad just like unnecessary like what what is that ad beyond just like oh now we get to know the the, the politics between the yaucha which right. although could be interesting i don't think it's what this movie needs well the star wars prequels prove that people love politics especially <laughs> space politics hey man i've got a whole other podcast if you want to dive on into that but uh we'll we'll binge that conversation for today sounds good speaking of yeah. which not to derail thing you had said right before we started recording that something in the intro is going to tie the two of us oh well uh well garrett kind of uh meant or well you mentioned it uh, to Garrett, we're both Irish. Well, that uh, <laughs> so you guys, uh, you guys are both. Um, you guys were both candidates on, you know, on who I wanted uh, co-host to be. Yes. Suck it, you loser. Guys, <laughs> you guys also both were in uh, the Final Destination franchise recording. So oh, nice. both uh, both these guys have uh, episodes in the fabled Bloody Blunt's Vault, which we will open one day one with day. some of these so lost is this episodes. His technical like debut. No, onto the no, show? Uh, okay, no. He no. he was on for uh, episode. I think it was thirteen for House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. I think it was, was lucky number 13. Yeah, and then I, I shot you down whenever you asked about the hosting. Because I, I had another podcast that was going to come out where it was me and this other guy talking about football. And mm. <laughs> then that guy moved back to Missouri. So Sad uh, face. Yeah. Uh, not, not Missouri. He's I met him in Chicago. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that podcast never happened. So congratulations. Hey, we could always make it a threesome, you know? Uh, I've never done a threesome before, and I'm scared of them. Uh, I Don't think, knock until you try it, you know? Look, I can... Uh, the, the, predators, safe, the predators run in three, and we a, might too. It's a safe space here, and yeah, and... Um, First, first time we've had uh, an, an orgy of Yaucha, a Yorgi, a, 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 a murder of, of Yaucha, a Yorgi right. going There's on here. Four of them. That's, that's there is, yeah. So we get four total in here, which even you know, which I'll say one one ding that I do have on this movie is um, for having four predators, we still don't really get that much predator action mm-hmm. throughout the film. Um, yes. It's a little disappointing. The first. I mean, it really takes us a good 40, 45 minutes before we like really start getting anything. Yes. Uh, the first time we see a predator is the one that's tied up. So it's like we don't even get an introduction, uh, uh, you know, proper badass introduction. Like we mm-hmm. see a pred dog before we even see uh, the actual, um, you know, hunters that we're going to see in this one. So yeah. I do. Uh, it, so I wish they would have spent that first. If you're going to do that and you're going to hold out a little more again, I wish they would have kind of. Uh, spent a little more time, uh, you know, creating some turmoil within the group of, you know, extremely hollow characters. We could have yeah. did something, you know, but it's like once we do get the action going, it it picks up for yeah. sure. And that, yeah. That's kind of what I was uh, hinting towards when I like I think this movie is very lean, but it could be a little meaner. Um, I like that it's lean in regards to plot and character stuff. Uh, but it is missing kind of that grit and that bite that I would want this movie to have. Um, I think it really could use a couple of scenes early on where we see the predator, you know, they're wondering what, why are they on this planet? You know, what, what's going after them? And then one of them, you know, gets ripped in half and then they're on the run or something like that. We do get some early stuff uh, with the, with the predogs uh, and we see like a couple of victims after the fact. But I think the the fact that this movie is a Predator sequel, they could have cut to the chase a little bit quicker as far as like True. it's yeah. Predators. 
what's after them? Yeah, we don't have it's a the mystery. Predator. We know we <laughs> bought the ticket to the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, let's see a little bit of that action. And what we do get in the action is just a little sparse. Um, it's mostly just like, yeah, they're shooting with the cannons, and like, there's a sword fight, and one of them gets cut, but it's like a, a, a you know a wide shot. I think this movie could use a little bit more uh, bite uh, as opposed to just being kind of a lot of bark. Yeah, yeah it, it could have <laughs> been a thing where they just literally during their first conversation about where are we. Yeah, they could have had an extra character in there that was not played by a very recognizable, famous person like everyone in this film is, mm-hmm. except for the Russian dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they could have just had an extra character that's like, oh, that that guy's uh, 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 Korean special forces or whatever the fuck uh, at, that dies immediately. That they're talking about like, where are we? We've assembled this group of people. We've gotten Topher Grace out of the tree. Uh, let's try to figure this out. What's that noise? Uh, I, I kind of did pre- it. That was pretty close. <laughs> that was you. good. I just was like, boost oh, it, shit. Just boost it in post. It'll sound pretty I've good. been practicing. Uh, <laughs> and then the guy just gets absolutely murked by this thing yeah. in front of them. And they and they all turn to each other and go, I don't think we're in Brazil. Yeah. And then we're off to the races. I don't know. How would you guys feel about this kind of ending? And I'm totally blanking. You're, you'll probably know. I think it's just because we're, we're live on air. I feel like there's another horror movie out there where somebody gets dropped into a situation. It might be Saw or something like that. And they know things that the other characters don't know. And they're like, oh my God, why am I back here? I won. Or yeah, something Saw like 2. That. Is it Saw 2? Okay. That's I'm, Saw 2. Yeah. I was, about to say, I was like, I feel like it's definitely one of the Saw which movies. Would, which actually fits in pretty, because I'm pretty sure in Saw 2, most of the people that are in there are like, you know, uh, bad. Well, Jigsaw thinks they're all bad people, but right. yeah. I'm pretty sure in Saw Two they were like all like criminals. Yeah, of, of I, some sort. I think it would. I think it could suit this movie to like maybe you have somebody well, the, if they the, if they're the, the last man standing, well, the and chick, they get sent the back chick home knew, or something. The gal knew. She knew stuff about it, but well, then yeah. didn't reveal yeah. it until like later on. But she knew stuff. She, but yeah, she knew that there are predators out there, and but which she doesn't really know. Much I else. had a real issue with that moment today watching it. I was like, "What are you talking about? Hold on, this lady." remembers a story of a debriefing from 20 years ago <laughs> so it, she had to have been so which essentially like first off how did she know that she's i looked it up she's supposed to be israeli special forces um so not even like south america which that the actress, none of the and none of the crew in, in the first predator were uh israeli no uh so dutch D- Dutch, well, the Austrian American, the only one that uh, yeah, oh, survived. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Right, which is his name. But uh, no, they. Uh, so uh, that that part to me really stood out as like they just wanted to give a real quick remember the first one, and yeah. like mm-hmm. people still talk about it. But mm-hmm. to me, it's like if a commando comes out of the woods in the 80s claiming all this stuff during the debrief, giving great detail about the creature and all these things. Yeah. That sounds like to me that if anyone's going to remember it, they'll remember it as complete fantasy. Sure. So so I had an idea that would kind of add a little bit more character turmoil and also kind of get to things a little bit quicker, get to the action a little bit quicker would be um so we haven't really talked the characters much because let's be honest they're kind of set dressing in this movie mm-hmm. yeah um but uh one thing that i think could have been interesting because the i mean they the one thing that they do interesting is you know uh uh i i think uh lawrence fishburne's character like him having been there from a previous hunt and him yes. like kind of surviving his way through yeah. i find that fascinating 
And then in the end of the movie, they also try to do with Edwin, like they've been trying to figure out like, why is he with them? He's just a doctor, but no, of course he's like a, a, you know, psychopath serial killer. Yeah. And he has a line at one point that he's like, you know, he's like, no, like I'm like them. I like it here. Uh, they, they chose me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think they should have just combined those two characters and made it to where it's like, okay, this guy is already there. He, uh, but he is masquerading as a survivor. But he is in cahoots with them, and like yeah. they use him in a way, and like, like have him join the group and like kind of stir up, you know, turmoil within the group a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of the predators. And then I think, and then have the reveal be, you know, that he's been like their bitch the whole time. They're familiar. I think, yes, they're yeah. familiar. I think that would have been interesting. Could have, you know, just combine those two. Uh, we don't have to have that little detour into Lawrence Fishburne's uh, cavern right. uh, yeah. just for him to <laughs> dump exposition. We could have had him do it, you yeah. know, cause he's already been there on the Island. So, yeah, I like the, the kind of apocalypse now style. Like he's gone completely mad and he's just like held oh, up in this old I rusty do love spaceship he's talking to himself. Yeah. I do yeah. love what he's doing. Yeah. I, I yeah. do. Well, let's talk about the, Fishburne's the performances because you're right. The characters had left a lot to be desired. They're kind of like, just like the archetypes, like honestly, it, it, they're. I mean, I think they're the weakest of the franchise. Um, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, yeah. even more than the Predator, which we'll get into next week. But because mm. honestly, like all of them, that like besides the only one giving anything entertaining, but like the characters themselves are all just nothing. They're their um, accent. Yeah, they're their totally true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hanzo, who plays the the Yakuza enforcer, literally has a line who says, "I talk too much," which is like. A very ironic line to have. (laughs) Stereotypical, yeah. The quiet Asian, the the spiritual African guy. Totally. Um, You know, and yeah, one, having Adrian Brody lead this movie doing whatever voice he's doing. I've, I would never believe him as like this, like, you know, like, you know, seen some shit special ops, like kind of guy, yeah. uh, his lone wolf mentality. He doesn't learn anything through this experience. Uh, there is just absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think one of the, the, best things about the first Predator movie is you see Arnold grow as a warrior. He learns like yeah. a different way to fight and that his... He's humble. His, yeah, his old run and gun kind of I'm throwing around jokes and puns and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't work in this situation because he's outmatched. It's like the first time in his life he's, that he's yeah. gone up against yeah. something that he can't and become. So he has to become a new warrior where Royce is just like... He puts the mud on and he does the thing, but it's a diversion. I will say... Because that's what I would do. I do like, I I really do like that we do see a different way that they take on kind of the few weaknesses of the Predator. Yes. We haven't seen them over kind of stimulate them as far as like the the infrared where they just create heat everywhere. Like that's kind of interesting. We get something similar, but in the opposite direction with Predator 2. But I do like how they just create a bunch of fire and he just cracks them in the head a bunch of times. That's pretty fun. (laughs) No, I... Yeah, he's a little more. He's a little more tactical. With he's, the biggest uh, gun you've ever seen, by the way, this giant true. shotgun. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Well, and here's the thing: is the other thing is uh, I said thing seven times in that sentence. Ah, <laughs> uh, you at least in Predator One, which I would argue Dutch Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is the best character in any of these movies, uh, like human character, followed closely by Danny Glover. And followed closely by uh, what's her name from Alien vs. Predator, the the like the main lady in that. But I will say this: the reason it a lot of this doesn't do well, for, like Adrian Brody at least doesn't do it for me. We don't know his fucking name. 
Yeah. I have a real problem. That's something that I use as a... Uh, well, because he doesn't reveal it till the end of the exactly. movie. That's like his whole... Like, Which sucks, in my opinion. Like, it's a thing I do. He's not cool enough to not have a Thank name. Thank you. Exactly. He's not interesting enough. He's, like, I'm not wondering enough right. with him. Yeah. He's playing dad for this group of people, basically. Like, tell us your fucking name. <laughs> it's a thing that I use when I see a movie it, as a barometer of, was that a good movie to me or not, is, do I remember the main character's name? And it's like your main character, as a plot device, is like, no, I'll tell you my name at the end. There's no reason for him to be the way that he is. We don't like learn like about this like you know traumatic past he's had or right. similar experience or anything. He's just this way, and it's just like, oh, he's just a sur- you know uh, survive no matter the cost kind of guy. Hmm. Like yeah. that's his whole thing. But like. And then he doesn't learn anything except for to what not be selfish when he decides to not take the ship right. at the end or whatever. Which but even like, that gets undercut by the fact that the ship blows up. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, he wasn't like he was gonna die anyway. So it's like whatever. I, I hard disagree with both of you right now, like vehemently yeah. so. That he has a pretty clear arc in the movie. Like he oh, shows please. he shows up, he doesn't want to reveal his name so he can keep these people at arm's length. He doesn't see that. He's like, I'm trying to get out of here, you guys can get fucked. I want to go home. He doesn't see these people as worth risking his life for. He doesn't do it at all throughout the entire movie. Him making that choice and the ship getting blown up is not undercutting. That's like the point is that he could have like gone on the ship and maybe left. It would have been fruitless for him to do that anyway, but he's alive because he made that choice, something that he saw as a weakness. So him revealing his own name is him finally kind of become like fulfilling his arc. It's, it's referenced at the beginning of the movie. I think his, arc is pretty clear in this movie everybody else totally agree mm. like flat as paper that they were see, written on I'm, he's see, had a pretty see, clear I think, arc in the movie I think some of the supporting characters are more interesting than he is right uh, like I just I don't like I like I literally got nothing his, from like his arc at the end like his, I was just like Hmm. I don't know. Like his arc is a straight line with a speed bump at the end. <laughs> because like because we never get because we don't have a baseline to go off of. You know, we don't really know who he yeah. is uh, aside from the situation even a little bit, you know, like sure. you know, even if it was a, you know, like like what if he was like getting PTSD and he like had like, you know, picture of a platoon that's all dead now or something. Well, they like, have the I conversation early on where he then. says that he's like been a soldier so long that he's kind of been desensitized to it. So he doesn't see like even the people that he's fighting alongside with his people anymore because yeah. he's just seen so much death. He's like, no, it's easier if you just cut yourself off and I'm nobody and you're nobody. So when you die... I don't have to mourn you. I can just keep on moving and keep on surviving. I mean, he leaves people to die multiple times. He tries to That's at the least. Point. At um, the very, <laughs> the, at, as, er, as late uh, as like with 10 minutes left in the movie, he leaves Topher Grace for dead and both of them to to run onto the ship while they're very in a much net. So. And then at the last second is like, wait a... See, that's my thing. is like, he does change and have a change and, and, and grow. Yeah. But thinking... That doesn't mean he still wasn't going to do it. Like, right, but thinking of the you know. ego of the man sitting there going... Because up until that, his whole thing is, I'm too tough to care about these people. And then... And that makes me right. I'm right it's the my way is the right way to be like a stoic keep them at an arm's distance and then he makes the decision maybe i'm wrong changed my mind go back to help ship blows up i'm right do you see i was right like that that to me that's what a, a lot of that was and i think it's a big part of it is honestly just yeah we've talked about it the other characters are just so like 
I mean, I loved uh, Danny Trejo. I thought he was electric. And Walton Goggins is the best no, character Walton, in the movie. Wal- yes. <laughs> Love Mr. Walton Goggins. I actually accidentally watched two Walton Goggins movies today because I watched uh, Django oh, wow. before. Wally Goggs. Wow. Yeah, I love that Danny Trejo's character, whose name is uh, Cuchillo, uh, is pretty much the same thing as his character he's, in he's uh, ma- Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> or he's Machete. <laughs> or Machete, yeah. Because it's, we're in the, kid, we're in the yeah. Spy Kids uh, universe. Apparently, Serving up tacos. Robert Rodriguez wanted to cast a Danny Trejo type, and Danny Trejo heard about this and was like, what the fuck? Like, right. why don't you just cast me. I thought we were friends. Bro, I'm free this weekend. Exactly. What do you mean? Yeah. Of course I can come, you know, get blown up. I, um, I, yeah, and with his death, I do like that that's kind of the first time other than we've talked about in, in Predator 2, I really don't like the motherfucker joke and all that kind of stuff. I think it's dumb. Yeah. I, I like that the 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 voice the kind of ventriloquist thing that the predator can do, which mostly is just like kind of eerie or a joke in prior movies is like a tactic here mm-hmm. that they're like luring people in yeah. to try to save them. That's something, not really something that we've seen before. I think it's really cool. I kind of wish they utilized it more. Um, like, cause I, especially having multiple of the predators to be able to do yeah. that. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I think they really could have utilized yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I, to that point, way. I think that they the idea of the movie being predators, if we're kind of going with the alien logic, the fact that why are why are the stakes higher? There are more of them like it's pretty simple with this. I don't think that that's true because it's still mostly one predator. They kind of just take them one. It's at a one time. predator with his cronies. Yeah. yeah. And then once one of them dies or is dispatched of the other one comes along, it's not like multiple predators attacking you at one front. Like, no, you know, v- no. Velociraptor Jurassic Park style. Like that would be really interesting to be like, Oh, how the hell are you supposed to survive this? It would make the, the odds feel insurmountable with this. Right. It's just like, well, I don't know. Seven of you, you know that they have all of these things. I feel like they stand like a reasonably fair chance, you know, no, I, I I wish they could have had fulfilled the promise of being multiple predators coming after. Like them. I think it would have been more interesting um, if it was if you're gonna use the multiple predators. What if it would have been um, that it's like I mean I don't know how they would have gotten this across because again like we don't want to uh, you know get too deep into the into the Yaucha stuff. But like what if it was like there's you know three Yaucha that are trying to prove themselves you know like you know because that's how they do warrior style and it, they do this by bringing in the humans and then like doing a three on three or something like that and then like really utilize like the 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 team or not the team aspect but like having just uh different threats and then instead of the predators being teams you're you know like scared of the different predators from the different angles and like they each could have like hunted in different ways mm-hmm. i think maybe that would have been like an interesting way like use multiple of them sure. rather than what they did yeah it's um real quick to go back to the uh i have a thought on the multiples thing but to go back to the danny trejo death moment which was very cool but also a moment that strikes stands out as kind of silly because of how they staged it with him on his knees with his back to them. Mm-hmm. If I'm in the jungle with my buddies that I've just met and one of them is Us. on right if you if I walked in and Devon was on his knees 50 feet in front of me moaning help help me <laughs> I would walk up from a safe distance and go Hey man, we're over here. Are you okay over here? like they all just stood there as if they weren't allowed to talk to him as like, "Wait. Throw a rock." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it I don't know. Maybe that was um their homage to um that that uh or no, I'm thinking of uh Platoon, not Apocalypse oh. Now, but 
on maybe. the knees. Yeah, I thought you were going to say... Or, or maybe an homage to, to that. Or to Jurassic Park 3 with the velociraptors that wound the redheaded guy uh, yeah. and leave and it's a, as bait. But my multiples thing is... Um, so, yeah, because I, I hate to keep comparing the, to the Alien franchise, but they're inherently connected, so you sure. kind of have to. Yeah. The thing that was like so jarring for most people, I think, about the difference between Alien and Aliens is how difficult it was to kill one alien. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, now there's a hundred thousand of them. Mm -hmm. But they, it's all, you know, it all the ships are like the, the tide raises all ships with like, oh, but that was just a woman with no gun in a spaceship. Now we have a bunch of people that are like very well equipped to kill things. Yeah. So it helps to even the playing field. So I think it should have been a thing where sort of what you're saying, it's like, let's prove ourselves uh, predator. Like this Island is a training ground where young predators have to come with almost no technology. Right. Stripped down versus inferior races using their best stuff like they get their weapons but the predators have to use their skill rather See, than uh, their tech having not seen this movie in in a little bit uh i kind of assumed that that's what it was going in because uh -huh. knowing what we know about the predators i was like i don't see this as much of a challenge to them and then re kind of learning what you do it's like oh no they're just kind of skeezy yeah. Just, they're already big enough to kill their own kind, let alone like these plucky humans. Again, one of them has a shiv. That's it. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he uses well. Yeah. Like I was just, I, I think I, I totally agree this idea of, okay, well, let's have inexperienced predators go in. That way the stakes feel a little bit, you know, higher for even the, the, the predators themselves. Right. Uh, I think it could be also a little bit meaner too, as opposed to just like, ah, mm -hmm. oh, they blow up with a laser gun or there's a, they have a big sword or something like that. Like I, I, I think again, leveling it up, I, I, I think is, is, is way more interesting. Like you had mentioned with alien. That's a that's a pretty fair comparison to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's very interesting because this movie, um, you know, because I feel like we've almost talked more about the potential of right. the ideas that it had versus uh, yeah. what like really came across. Mm -hmm. uh, which I mean, but in itself still merits something because it's like you know that, um, you know that we can still come up with ideas for this franchise and like and this is uh you know this was a 20 years later release and like you know this is kind of a keep the the franchise afloat type of type of movie you yeah. know it's uh yeah. it's kind of inoffensive as far as the franchise goes uh it doesn't take as big of swings as two does but at the same time it works in its favor in that angle because since it's not taking as big of swings it's not as not as faulty right um, you Which, know it's it's just not a it's it's not offensive like it's a this is a harmless like okay yeah th like this accept an acceptable yeah. entry here's yeah. a little story about the predators have fun but it's uh talking about so, like the I performances. thought you were about to like tell a story about right. the predators. You're yeah. Like here's a little story. There I went once to the <laughs> was a young predator who wanted to be a dentist. Uh, <laughs> no, it's um talking about performances that I did like again. Uh, things that I liked about the movie rather than things I'm trying to fix about the movie. Walton Goggins, obviously a scene stealer and everything. Our second Walton Goggins picture, mm -hmm. if you remember, he's oh, in yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah, he was in House of a Thousand Corpses, too. Yes. Oh, and, my God. Uh, Walton Goggins everywhere. Love it, him. Those beautiful teeth. He has a line. The There are two things I remember about this movie specifically. Um, 
One of them is Adrian Brody saying, let's find a way off this planet because that same summer I was at church camp and we were uh, in Colorado, in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and the mountains surrounding the area on a hike uh, with the youth group and it was time to go back. Like we had reached the end of the hike. Now we need to turn around and go back to the car. And my youth pastor, quoting this movie, goes, let's find a way off this rock. So I remember that line. The other line is Walton Coggins saying, when I get home, I'm going to rape so many fine bitches, which is such a fucking ret- record scratch. Like, it, it, it's like well, it's in movies. It's preceded by a line that's actually pretty funny. He's like, I'm going to do so much cocaine. And yeah. then it's just like the most and offensive then it, and shit. Then it goes up. Yeah, it and goes up like, five notches. Okay, yeah, it goes wow. from... Okay, that's pretty reasonable. You go and do a bunch of cocaine. That's pretty reasonable. And yeah. Then, yeah, to, yeah. And then just even then the follow-up line, the ridiculousness of Walton Goggins delivering the line. You know, I'm just going to look down at my watch and, oh, it's 5 o'clock. <laughs> time to rape somebody. Yeah. It's, it's a jarring moment. And then Topher Grace. Topher Grace, look, he gives one of the greatest... What's going on here? <laughs> Performances of all time, because that there are more yes, than one hundred percent. I think four, like conservatively speaking, four times he literally just goes. Can what someone tell me fuck? what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Right. Ah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, he. This is a classic. What the hell is going on, guy? Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know what it was with like the mid to like late two thousands where there were like. Topher Grace, a villain, right? Like that <laughs> right. was just a big thing then. It's so weird, his film career, everything that he's done post-70s show, and he's talked about this too, where he was like, I was so excited to be in movies. Like I, I wanted I was, to try I, challenging different yeah, things. Yeah, like I love Sam Raimi. I, that's why I wanted to do this. Like, like Sam Raimi, like I've been a fan of his since I was a kid. All this stuff. And he was just a guy that was so ready. And I feel like he just, his agent or his team, somebody just made two wrong decisions early on in the all right let's get you off of this hit show and yeah. push you into the next next phase of your yeah. career i mean they're both genre stuff i would understand why he would want to be in this like he's yeah. not a bad pick as far as like what he does in this role i just don't i i think i i could totally get behind and i think would be a little bit more resonant now the f- I think the reveal of him just being like a serial killer is a little like, uh, okay, I guess he's kind of like a Ted Bundy kind of thing to where yeah. it's like, yeah, he's evil, but he's not he's obviously. Yeah, blah, I, I could see that. I just think it'd be a little bit more interesting of like from the predator angle, show him as a little bit more of a threat, a little bit more capable. I'm just like, yeah, yeah he's a bad fucking guy, but like he like knows some things and yeah. like all that plays into is like that. He yeah. knows where did he have a neurotoxin from? I guess that's what he uh, he got uh, instead of a shiv or a gun. One of the flowers. And, oh, it was one of the flowers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. about to say, I was like, I, I think I would find that hilarious. And they're like, okay, this person works with guns. Okay, this person works with, because they give the, the Yakuza guy a sword, of course. Yeah. Uh, I think that would have been hilarious if they're like, oh, the serial killer, let's give him his poison. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is like, I wish we would have gotten the serial killer reveal Sooner? Uh, 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. Because we get... I forgot how quickly it goes from him uh, poisoning her in the pit to going... uh, and being like, I'm a murderer. (laughs) I'm a freak. Yeah, and you don't... And then immediately after he pulls him out of the pit, 
he gets stabbed in the face and then used as the grenade uh, trap because it was so, I perked up. I was like, whenever he was doing the shit, like we said earlier, when he was like talking to the predator being like, I'm one of you. You don't want to like, like, like you don't understand. It's like, Oh, give me that movie. Give me that movie where like you said, that's why I said combined. If he would have interacted with like the predators at some point would have been like, just interesting to like have him like actually interact and like kind of, give him that moment to like yeah show us a little earlier that like he thinks that like oh no okay i've won them over and so like let me you know do this so yeah um, i don't know if i need him like you know joining up with the predators i do think that uh the character of ronald uh ronald nonald or nolid ronald noland which is like a kind of a mouth twister of a name um i i could get behind him kind of being the saboteur of the group or that uh, because or use him more. edwin which is topher grace's character's name is not that much of a threat and i also am a little bothered that none of the other characters really inquire why he's there they're all like, we're like the baddest motherfuckers around. And there's this guy. He's a doctor. Oh, yeah, you know? Adrian Brody does a few times. It's just like, what is your use? And then it's just right. like, you know, like, but thinks he's useful or something else. Which is ironically and, the and, same and, thing and, the audience but then, is But then uh, whenever the gal, once she, um, uh, you know, she literally says the lines out loud, like, you know, that we're like them. We're predators. Yeah, yeah. Which, geez Louise, that's like the laziest uh, Thanks, title. Isabel. That's the laziest title drop ever. Mm-hmm. We are, we're predators. Yeah. But so at that point, whenever she makes that realization, why didn't she realize, well, you're a doctor and you're not a predator, or unless you are a predator. Right. Yeah. Like, so how did they never not pick up on that? Uh, sooner is uh, yeah they they should have and they and they with uh, Larry Fishburne they use that too fast because it's like yeah like he like gives like all the exposition but then it doesn't make sense like why would he info dump on the people he's about to turn heel on right yeah you know so it's like it so like they did that too fast also so again like if they just would have combined that character somehow they could have saved some yeah I will say I I don't think it's it's not like something I expect going into a movie like this in this series. I don't even think the first Predator movie, which is kind of the standard, has like super rich characters. A lot of the supporting characters are like they're identified by just traits or weird things that they do or just points of dialogue. We had talked about how there's the character that's like upset that his friend died and he's like lamenting about all the people that they killed in war. You know, it's just like little moments like that where again, it's kind of going back to the iceberg Mm -hmm. thing of like, you see a piece of it, but not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I don't need all of these characters like super explored. I just wish that they impacted the plot a little bit more. They're kind of just there all surviving until they don't. Well, it's like, it's the, it's the typical, franchise thing that or well not typical but it happens in a lot of franchises that I think is the case with <clears throat> with Predator here is it you know has smaller goals but achieves them at a higher success rate you know versus you know in some of these sequels they're trying to introduce you know more ideas they're trying to introduce bigger ideas and, and then you know when they don't also aren't hitting those things then it's just you know coming off least effective so it's like you know the the predator predator yeah it's not super rich in its themes or mm-hmm. its characters like super in depth but it you know does enough it does a little bit more than enough even um you know it had modest goals and it hit them at it more efficiently yeah i think a, a lot of that would have gone down a little bit easier if again this movie was a little bit more action-packed had a little bit more um action set pieces or, or moments or even moments of violence or something like that that you know some of the 
flatter characters would be a little bit more excusable to when when you're mostly led with are left with these people and that's kind of the the the, the threshold of you enjoying the movie I think it is a little bit more of an obvious fault for myself yeah I see that it's eh, I, I don't know I cause the thing is I had written in this movie off because I mentioned like oh I don't really I didn't really remember much of it but I did remember those two things from it and then watching it I was like okay I I did like this like the um I'm sure we'll have a whole long chat about like uh, the sword fight scene was sure. maybe my favorite scene in any Predator movie ever. Uh, just the way it was shot and choreographed and all that was great. Um, but yeah, the, and it was really um, a thing that I think happens a lot. And now I understand that the first movie had Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the biggest stars of all time. Second one, Danny Glover at the height of his career, enormous star. Mm-hmm. But then outside of those two, other than, you know, Carl Weathers and Jesse the Body Ventura uh, in the first one, you really didn't have many recognizable faces in it. And it's Mm -hmm. that horror movie thing of because it's a sci fi horror like kind of genre bend. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's that horror movie thing of you don't there's a reason why most horror movies don't have movie stars in them. They star people that you aren't familiar with. You don't know super well, yada, yada, yada. And this movie, just watching it, I was like, my God, Lord, like... I kept calling them all by their actor names exactly. just the whole time. I'm like, oh, yeah, Adrian Brody doing his thing. Yeah, Joe for Grace doing his thing. Yeah, the only two not enormous, like, famous movie stars are the Yakuza guy and the Russian guy, which the Russian guy was a professional fighter. He was a yeah. pro MMA fighter um, mm-hmm. in the early days of the UFC, which I remember when him, the, which is weird. Remember, yeah. this was the era for doing that, too. Uh-huh. Let's put MMA fighters in movies. <laughs> Rampage. Uh, Jackson, Jackson. Chuck Liddell was like in in some movies. Well, I will say Mahershala Ali wasn't like super famous at this time. No, not yet. But I I or Walton Goggins. I mean, he was recognizable. Like he was known, but he wasn't like a huge star. Yeah, I I do kind of like the idea though. Scream is obviously super famous for doing it, but another recent film that's done it is The Hunt. Of Mm -hmm. when you throw a famous person in there, there's that guise of like, no, they'll be they'll be fine. They're famous, but when they you kill them, it is a little bit of surprise. We talked about it on. uh, the life episode with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, but Genius. they don't really kill that many people early on in the movie. Like, no. So when they're when they're not left with much, it's like, oh man, Mahershala. I, again, he wasn't super super famous at this time. Now he's obviously Oscar winning actor. Mahershala Ali is like, oh, you you didn't give him very much, did you? Like it was he's like such the, a talented actor. That's it was, just kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know? In the fact that like like when Danny Trejo dies, because of course he's going to die. It's Danny Trejo. Like, yeah, yeah. of course you're not going to have predator mood go. Oh, you remember when Danny Trejo died in there? Like, so of course they threw him, but like, and I wish we would have gotten like, you know, not only deaths amongst the group, but like them killing each other. You know, I think that would have like raised a stake, you know, of them being like, you know, we're on the hunt, but like, you know, we like can't stop, you know, hunting each other in a way. It like, I think they could have, uh, um, added some more of that in um but yeah let's uh again some of the action action beats uh some of the few ones that we do get yeah uh you already brought up the the sword fight because mm-hmm. i i totally forgot about it i don't know how i forgot about this scene yeah but a predator sword fight is kind of everything you want in a predator movie it's cool you know? he, yeah he finds this this sword in uh ronald's ship and he says like oh this thing is really old meaning that like Ronald found it from somebody who they hunted however long ago. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of kept the sword. And it it is 
kind of a stereotype, but it is an interesting way to, okay, you've seen people take on the Predators with guns and like a lot of other kind of similar, you know, grenades and, you know, giant belt guns and everything. What about a sword? And the Predator just kind of respects that and is just like, all right, I let's love do it. That you know? He even like poses like with him whenever he like does it too. Like I, I, I love yeah. everything about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like that field that they were in, it's yeah. the only, Very it's the only place on kinda. the whole planet, yeah. right, yeah. that feels like that mm-hmm. with the grass flowing and the lighting and it's so cool. And I'm yeah. glad that they uh, at least, I think, um, uh, made up for the fact on, you know, not letting him speak the entire movie. I think they made up for it that he, you know, bows the predator to a draw. Yeah, uh, which I find fascinating. You know, he dies uh, yeah. with with a draw at least. There is so. a piece of me yeah. though, and I'll mention this movie again, not to spoiler my movie math, but I kind of wanted a little bit of like Kong Skull Island energy. There's that great scene where that Colonel is like going to sacrifice himself, and he yeah. has the grenades, and it just like bats him aside. I love. I do I- want that kind of cynicism where he like stands him down with a sword, and the Predator just like shoots him like a, with his little you know, or throws the disc or something. It's just like, no, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, you're nothing to me. They try yeah. to do that moment with uh, Goggins' character, yeah, like oh. when they like Shanking kill him. one of them, and then he's like, aha, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he gets picked off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you know they they tried, but just didn't have the same impact. Yeah, like I that said, it could have movie could be a little meaner. It's like not quite cynical enough. It's a little yeah. Hollywood, which it, is and surprising. it does it, it feels the the least brutal of any of them. Like totally. even the, even the showdown itself, you know, um, you know, it doesn't have the length that uh, predator 2 has but it doesn't have the you know just like uh you know sheer empowerment that the first one has like uh the battle is like okay yeah you like you know they corner one of them with a yeah. ring of fire and you know and yep. they beat it up a little bit with yeah. an accent it, it just kind of yep. it's a, it's a very disappointing showdown it lacks yeah. length and girth and we only have time. one and we only have one uh sequence of traps the entire movie right which were set by a human which were set by a human. So it died two weeks ago, according to Yeah. Them. So we, we don't really get, uh, the, it doesn't really deliver on uh, the hallmarks of the franchise. Um, you know, the one-liners, about 50-50, because there's a few fun lines in here, but uh, there's also some very cringy ones as well. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That, um, yeah, the first fight with the dogs um, is probably my least favorite, even... Mm-hmm. including the final showdown which was fine uh but th- with the dogs my issue was like nikolai just is just spread his tactic is to just spray yeah a 10 foot radius around whatever thing that he's shooting and i i just wish they would have uh i don't know like i wish they would have been better at this you know what i mean like they all ended up be like Adrian Brody is obviously the most like talented. If they're supposed to be a challenge and they are supposed to be predator equivalents, right? Then like, yeah, they should have been a little bit more badass. Yeah, I think to me it's a it's an uh, it's a callback. I might be looking a little too deep into it. I thought it was a callback to like the first Predator movie, to where like they're just shooting into the woods blindly and just hoping to kill something, which just shows like, oh, these super badass military guys are scared shitless of whatever is out there. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that was was kind of the, the well, point of that. I mean, but then but then if they're doing that, then it feels stale. 
you know like it's been done before exactly sure. then yeah. it just feels stale and right. then i would have rather of them like kind of at least like made yeah. these guys a little bit more of a match yeah for them like you said like if you're mm-hmm. gonna have multiple predators then like kind of give the humans a little bit sure. more of an advantage like, like uh, make them a little bit more of a match isabel headshots one of the dogs which was cool yeah, i was, was into cool. that i also like she's got this comically large the series like scopes her scope on this gun is like (laughs) the size of a ruler it is with like a remote control on top enormous uh it is like yeah as long as my arm like the anime character with an extra large (laughs) handgun yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's it it, it, yeah the and then i'm remembering the scene with the other alien that is that's a fun scene and i kind of wish we got a little bit more of that it's very like jurassic world kind of energy to where it's like oh that thing that you know and love is going up against the new bad thing and like right. when the, it makes it feel it's like oh well it killed that thing so easily that how could our you know heroes possibly and we had a whole movie when they you know they fought that earlier one right. so i just i i just wish the the bigger predators the super predators or uh the predate the other super predators that we get in the predator uh but i don't like how they look in this movie they look like they have something feline about them they're supposed to look like wolves i don't know why but i think they look almost kind of cat-like and it's just not really my kind i've of... always i've always taken them more as feline yeah personally because they like kind of the clicking sound that they make <clears throat> well they describe them as feels like a little bit more feline. And, uh, dogs or, and wolves i suppose in this movie it might well, just they, be like an analogy no yeah, yeah i think yeah. that that was an analogy because yeah. i i've always see them as like they're like insectoid felines you don't want to describe a predator as like a house cat i guess (laughs) right no they're like they're like insectoid cats there's a little too men in black for me i don't know i got big men in black vibes from it i like the i like the i actually really love the uh facial design of the berserker predator the final one at the end i actually really like that one uh because uh, its head like kind of protrudes a little bit more, and like the like little pincers like kind of uh, come out a little bit forward more, like kind of like you know like uh, kind of get it had like like uh, it did kind of have Men in Black vibes, but for me that's a good thing because gotcha. Men in Black's one of my favorite movies ever. Gotcha. Did it and, um, did it uh, look better than the Predalien? <sighs> I thought the Predalien wasn't all terrible. I just thought well, it doesn't look all terrible because you can't fucking see it. <laughs> right, <Devon>. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was exactly. That's why they did it that way. It's so in the, the these two franchises have a history of iconic design meets, uh, but also at the same time, what in the hell is are they thinking? Uh, the example in Alien Four. The humanoid, like the baby creature that is is like the white. It looks like a skeleton yeah. alien. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Like what in the goddamn hell are you doing over there? Yeah, <laughs> it's something a, a unique challenge that all of these movies have is like, okay, we have something so iconic and so recognizable, yeah, but it has to look different. Not only that, but it has to look a little more menacing than the other one did. Uh, so where it's like it's the same species, but it's a different tribe. You know, it's a very fine line to walk, and it's 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 never something that I'm too hard on these movies about. As far as like, eh, you know, that look isn't his favorite. Is that one? I view it as almost like the same thing as I do with like um uh, like Jason or something like that. Where it's like I like his look in four a little bit more than in whichever one. It's not quite as bad as like. Michael Myers for me to where it nearly <laughs> ruins the movie to where I'm like he looks so fucking stupid I can't I can't enjoy no, this with Predators I, yeah. I'm like yeah it's fine I don't think there's fine, a you know? I don't think there's a bad looking bunch of yeah. these ugly fuckers they all, all they're all greatly ugly in their own ways 
Um, you know, so, you know, again, we've kind of talked about, you know, I think we can get into our final thoughts of this movie for me. Again, it's, it, I think it's fine. It's it's pretty, pretty fine, pretty solid. It's, uh, again, this is a, if it's on TNT, I'm not skipping it. I will stop and watch it. Um, which is uh, the baseline for any TNT movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I would, so that's kind of where this movie does fall for me. Um, I would, I would be intrigued though, because, um, you know, by the very end of the movie where we see that, you know, uh, as, you know, we have come to find out, like, you know, they're not the first wave of people and they send people all the time. Um, and we, at the end of the movie, see the next, you know, wave of people coming in. Um, I think if they were ever to do a Predator TV series, I think it should pick up there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, or, or Only take if play- it's like Survivor style to where they also have like cutaway interviews with them. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just talking to camera and confessionals. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah. <laughs> all the way. All the way. So um, for me... Out of uh, what what are we how gonna many, rank? How this many pre dogs? Out of pre dogs, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one a I'm gonna give this one a good old three three out of five. Nice and safe and fine. Um, it is good. Um, it, 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 I was kind of disappointed for some reason. I I I, I just remember enjoying it a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I think I did kind of remember it having a little bit more edge to it, a little more teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I came away just coming away going, yeah, okay, that yeah. was uh, that was pretty chill. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what about you, Chance? Boy, final thoughts. I I really love some of the performances. I think a lot of them fall flat. However, so it's it's a little bit too many cooks in the kitchen in terms of too many predators to uh, do cool things with, and too many humans to do cool things with. Although I think. Yeah. Some everybody gets like a little fun moment, uh, which is fine. This movie loses me right before. They get to Lawrence Fishburne's ship and right after they leave his ship because I'm sitting there thinking, my God, I cannot keep watching these people walk around this aisle or this jungle like something needs to fucking happen. Knowing that there was a Lawrence Fishburne movie that we missed out on where he was the survivor. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, oh shit, something happened. Look, look, quick, quick, watch. Oh my God, they're on this boat. All this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's insane. He, He fights him. And it's like, and we're back to walking. And inevitably getting picked off one by one. The ship. I don't know. Um, I thought Adrian Brody did as best he could uh, at the helm of this thing, which is not saying a ton. Um, because, again, I wish I would have known his character's name. And that truly would have solved so much of it for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, sword fight scene, probably my favorite scene in any Predator movie ever maybe other than in predator 2 when he kills the drug lord guy in the alleyway and then we see his screaming head being carried off i thought mm-hmm. i think that's that shot is so cool um yeah uh out of <laughs> is it out of 5 per dogs yeah. yeah out of 5 i'll give it a 3 i'll give it a 3 because again i didn't hate it i didn't love it i didn't hate it i thought it was a fun story poorly a poorly directed fun story and I kind of wish they would come back to this well, like you're saying, with like a TV show or something where it's like an island 
or something some like like oh they're on an island the predators are here we we there's a lot of human different waves of humans helping each other survive and now there's just like a small colony of humans that are fighting against the aliens on this island however i'm now realizing you can't have predator island because jeffrey epstein took that uh away from us um which of course we're sending a lot of love to Ghislaine. uh you know they hate to see a girl boss winning so they threw her in jail i'm kidding sorry i don't know why i made it this uh yeah three three <laughs> predogs out of five three predogs out of five very safe predogs yeah for me this isn't like a directing issue i think that this is like one or two script passes away from being really great um i think the film lacks its sense of stakes and because it's such a simple movie i think when you have a film like this it just needs to be cooler Usually I don't like to like boil down movies to, to, to that, but I'm like, well, you're kind of setting yourself up for it. Like this is such a simple movie with characters that are pretty like pretty plain uh, just kind of archetypes. You need to have cooler shit happening in your mm-hmm. movie and there's just not enough cool shit in the movie. I think that the film, I, I think you're right on in saying that having, if you're going to have multiple predators and it's be this threat that seems not insurmountable, it doesn't seem ridiculous that these characters could end up winning this, maybe have their skill set a little lowered or their weapons a little lowered or something like that. There's not an, a, a big sense of danger in this movie. I don't think they do a great job of making it feel otherworldly either. It mostly just yeah. feels like the jungle, which yep. is a disappointing. It's like, well, if you're going to be on the planet, make it feel like it's yeah. in space or another planet. It's just like, it's just earth. It just they feels like Hawaii. Little, yeah. You they know? did that little moment with like the leaf, like, Oh look, the magnetic. Who fucking cares? Uh, and then like, <laughs> Oh, the sun hasn't moved yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, they literally do nothing with it being a, yeah. another planet. Yeah. That was a little disappointing for me. Um, although I do think that the characters, uh, I know you guys were a little harsh on them. I'm fine with the characters being a little thinner. I think that they're given enough to where it's not only pretty on par with this series, but at least one or two of them do have something of an arc. However, it, it, it might not be a mountain, but it's definitely a molehill of an arc. You know, it, it's for sure there. Um, I just think that the movie could use a little bit more action, a little bit more bite to it. I do enjoy this one. I just have seen how good a Predator movie can be, especially uh, in recent weeks. I'm very excited to talk about that one. Uh, but for me, I, I do seem to like it the most out of this group. So I am at three and a half out of five for dogs mm. and, right. and might i say this franchise the first one i would give five per dogs second one four per dogs this one three it's it's the tre- it's trending mm. in a way that gets us i think to the predator and we were, we were all under three last week for two for two two is I, two do fucks. not two does not <laughs> you guys should two, have had me in here. two two thinks it fucks two literally fucks there's a sex scene that was my first sex scene ever oh, that yeah. i saw was That's that part a, where that woman's going fucking nuts oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah on the, on the drug she's like screaming at the top of her lungs yeah. fucking <laughs> this dude. Yeah. very very rare boobs in the predator series for sure usually yeah. just big glistening man pecs you that's know? right yeah. yeah oh man and that's uh that's one thing to knock in this one uh, not very sweaty not nearly as sweaty no, yeah they, i mean they're sweating they're they're a For little sure. shiny but they are not drenched uh like a traditional predator yeah. movie also yeah. adrian brody might be the most uh just <laughs> he might be the action star 
that pops the shirt off that gets the least rise out of of all time where it's like oh his shirt's off now <laughs> yeah oh, like like I have a, yeah he's kind of cut he's like he's I have a pretty note, lean i have a but, note where yeah. i go yeah one well, of my notes i go he's got he's got nice arms yeah like, he's he got, got some he's got some nice i think he's arms, supposed but that's to it. yeah he says like early in the movie he's like they're bigger but that means that they're heavier so i think he's supposed to be like nimble and quick because he even says like i'm fast you yeah, know so yeah. i think he's if he was like this huge tank of a person i think he is supposed to be a little nimble yeah. but it's not it's not bad. You, he he definitely lifted some weights for this. Well, I'll <laughs> say, um, you know, they they did his character, and I think uh, in the next movie they kind of just took his character and made it him a little more likable. Sure, uh, I think uh, so. We we'll, we shall see uh, next week. Uh, one thing I also did notice: uh, Marvel are some copycats because there is a trend throughout the predator movies mm-hmm. of um uh, it started in the sequel and then they did in this one and that continues on of a predator losing an arm uh you know marvel would go ahead and do that too but it started in which one they started doing that in Avengers. Not gonna lie, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah, what do you mean? (laughs) There's a Star Wars. (laughs) No. So yes, but so in Marvel in the Avenger movies, uh, or in or in certain Marvel movies, there's a trend of characters losing their arm. Winter Soldier is the only one I can think. Loki loses a hand, but it's fake. Loki, but he still loses a hand. Uh, 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 Claw. um, Yes. uh, yeah, Bucky, like you just said. Yeah, I'm sorry to um, I'm sorry to rain on your parade, but it's it was yeah. way Star Wars, way before. No, that's what I'm saying. Marvel does it because they do it in homage to yeah. Star Wars. And you're saying Predators also but does But Predator it. was doing it because this uh was in twenty ten. They did the first one in nineteen ninety. Uh, of um, homaging uh, gotcha. Star Wars. Yes, I, I know. Was, I know Star Wars I, did it first. <laughs> Jeez, see, you I, fucking nerds! I see. I thought it was a Monty Python get reference the here. whole time. Get yeah. out of here, you nerds! <laughs> All right, let's get into the last segment: Batman versus Predator. And that was a comic. <gasps> All right, here on the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, we do a little fun game. Uh, Chance, you heard about it a little bit before we started the show. Uh, hopefully, yeah. you can pick up on it. I, uh, I'll do you a little mercy favor here and uh, have Devon go first. But the rules are simple. You just take a couple of movies, add them, subtract them, divide, whatever your heart desires. It just has to equal uh, the movie that we talked about the, uh, today. So, Devon, you want to go ahead and go first? Yeah, um, so mine is uh, pretty simple. Uh, these movies both came to me pretty quickly. I mean, there was a few different uh, options. Um, so uh, one, I have Hunger Games, uh, low-hanging fruit, but, you know, I do like a, you know, dropped in a scenario, uh, ready to survive type mm-hmm. of thing. And I like that, um, you know, in, in Hunger Games, like I kind of wish that they did more in this was, you know, the... The threats were very varied and kind of came, you know, not only from, you know, the main uh, people that they, you know, they're obviously, you know, against each other, but then they're also against all these other elements and stuff as well. Um, They could have incorporated more of like some of these uh, mind games and making alliances like type deal, Um, you know, so but still gives me some of the vibes and also just like kind of the look of it. Uh, it's kind of very similar. If I had to compare uh, some of um, some of the the, the beats, uh, are kind of similar to that. Um, like the, um, the particularly, I'm a sucker for a free fall scene. Um, so I love uh, starting the movie with uh, this free fall with Fortnite. Adrian Brody. 
for yeah literally falling into the movie and mm-hmm. uh reminded me of um when they're coming up through the tunnel in hunger games mm-hmm. um and then i'm adding that with a, a movie that i love um cube uh this is in the 90s and um all of the um you know all the people they're kind of putting this uh, cube prison and in each room some of them are booby trapped some are not this was saw before saw um and they had to like you know they were all put in because they all have like specific you know uses and skills to get them through mm-hmm. this and i kind of wish we saw a little bit more of that in this you know them actually using their various skills as the different uh predators different killers you know rather than like okay you guys all shoot guns is pretty much what you did for most of the movie um, besides Walt Goggins, <laughs> um, he's the only one that actually did something close to his, uh, stereotype killer. Um, but yeah, but Cube is a, uh, banger of a movie, um, which was directed, uh, by, uh, Vincenzo Natale, which would, who directed Splice, who starred Adrian Brody. Ooh. Um, uh, we did an episode on Splice, but this was uh, very early on the podcast. This was when I was still doing solo episodes. So if you want to hear literally just me, very stone, just boy boy stuff, you know, talking about Splice, <laughs> which that movie is fucking wild. I'd be willing to revisit Splice inside you. <laughs> it's terrifying. Which is Cube a sequel to The Sphere? No. <laughs> But it's, it's a, a terrible joke. It, it's in the in the it's in the geometrical horror uh, franchise. No, but it did inspire uh, the GameCube from Nintendo. Not not a lot of people know that. So uh, so so chance. What what is uh, your equation looking like? Oh boy, I got one for you. Okay, I did not. Uh, I'm not good at math. I at Missouri State University. I did not take a math class in four years, and then when it came time to graduate, I emailed the head of the math department, and said, hi, uh, a family member has died, and I'm distraught. Can you just give me the credits? I'm so sorry that I forgot for four years, but this week a family member's dead, and I just figured I'd shoot my shot, and he said, no fucking way. So then when I moved to Chicago, I had to take OTC math online uh, for the first seven weeks I lived there. So not a great math kid, so I'll keep it simple. My uh, equation is cabin in the woods... Plus, now here you now here the cabinet obviously like the archetype thing, the nature of being watched but not knowing what, all that stuff. Plus, Pooh's Grand Adventure. <laughs> Have you guys seen Pooh's Grand Adventure? You mean, like, they, you mean like Winnie, right? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Okay. When when is they it because go. of the Acre Woods or no? You know? Pooh's Grand Adventure. No, that was it? like the like. Like first, like that was like the theatrical. It movie was a feature they film, did yeah. in like the early two thousands, right? Late nineties, I'm pretty Late sure. 90s. And it was where they go on a quest to save Christopher Robin from Skull, but it's school because he leaves them a letter that's <laughs> like, "I've gone off to school," but it's all ripped up so they can only see little bit. And they're like, "Christopher Robin's <laughs> been kidnapped and he's at Skull," so they go and there's this part where they like leave the Hundred Acre Wood. And are in like what's basically I'm assuming the real world or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. and but it's all nature and like it's alien environments to them. They don't know what's going on. It's this ragtag group that's like f- fighting something that they don't understand, and then it turns out to be nothing. It's just Christopher Robin's like, "Oh, Pooh Bear, you silly boy!" That's and 
That's fucking hilarious because I was thinking of the, the one where uh, the, the other movie where like Tigger's trying to find his the Tigger other movie. homie. Yeah, Tigger, the Tigger movie is one of the saddest things you'll ever watch. Very Go ahead sad. and put that on. It's a movie that takes a beloved children's character and the conclusion is you are alone in this world. You have no family. You are the only one, which used to be your catchphrase and now it is your greatest torment <laughs> is you are the only one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, and he cries and he screams like in the snowstorm. Like I, I can't believe it's, it's just sad. Me. It's sad shit. The most wonderful thing about Tiggers. Um, so it's Cabin in the Woods plus Pooh's Grand Adventure multiplied by the Expendables. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it because of that giant shotgun that Terry yeah, Crews big has? Yeah. beefy beefy t- alphas like all think they have a good idea and they somehow get this group of people who are all like the king shits of their own separate mountains and all super famous yeah. all super famous also, that's yeah. another thing yeah. could also and swap in the losers in here as well the film the losers yeah i guess so yeah i mean that makes Kinda sense throw that in there a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. i like the expendables uh because it also has arnold in it Hey, uh, also, all uh, Expendables, The Losers, this movie, all TNT movies. Totally. The Expendables, yeah. fun fact, the first rated R movie I ever saw in theaters. Wow. I know. Nice. That's I have not watched any of them. Mine was The Strangers. The Strangers. What was yours, Devon? My first rated R movie? That you saw in theaters. Yeah. Like, not that just you in first gen- saw. Like, that, like in general or that like... That because you know I would sneak into them before right. I was the like, first yeah, movie you're overthinking you it that you sat into the theaters your eyes saw a rated R movie man I don't know because my dad took me to like literally anything I had oh. no filter as a kid gotcha. so like I honestly can't think of what my first rated R movie would have been it was Predators <laughs> no because I didn't see this in theaters yeah. So, so unfortunately, um, I'll have to come up with that answer another time because I'm literally blanking. I have no idea where that, well, what mine could have Mine been. ever is The Matrix. Ooh, I saw it. The Matrix at a church thing that we weren't. At a church supposed. thing? Well, we weren't. We were the kids. So, <laughs> oh, it was, a, it was a, what's called a home group, which is all these adults who are pretending like they don't want to cheat on their spouses get together and sit in, like, in a room and play cards and then tangentially talk about the Bible and we go to this other family's house and it was at that family's house. The kids would be like off playing while the adults did their shit and someone put on the Matrix and it was a whole ordeal because it's like, you watched what? Yeah. See, I I saw The Fly when I was seven. Like, so I mean, I've been, I've been, mine was uh, Sleepy Hollow, which I think is a good one. Fantastic. Mm, One of my favorite um, uh, starting spooky season movies. We uh, did an episode talking about Sleepy Hollow. It's like episode 30 something. It was uh, in October of our first year of the podcast. Wow. Yeah. Well, so. Devon, while you're thinking of the your first rated R uh, cherry busting experience, uh, the movies that I had for my movie math, uh, the first one is The Most Dangerous Game uh, uh-huh. from 1932. Uh, pretty, pretty obvious reasons. You have people who are in this situation being hunted by something bigger than them. That's kind of a pre, you know, what predates the first Predator movie. So that makes sense that it's in this. I think it's even more so in this because you have someone who knows this reserve very well it's like their backyard so having this kind of uh uh you're in this uh unfamiliar environment being hunted by somebody whose environment uh, they are very familiar with yeah uh, you have that uh multiple or uh, added with terminator salvation because i also oh, think that terminator salvation 
is a movie that sequel came way after is full of a lot of good ideas, but isn't like fully delivered upon. Oh, um, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> also, both movies have great uh, or well, uh, memorable trailer sequences. Uh, this one, it's where all of the little uh, the three dots are on Adrian Brody, not in the movie. If you watch the trailer, it's like one of the most famous shots in the trailer. Not even in the movie, which mm-hmm. is disappointing. I hate that. I know. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, and then you add all that with, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Kong Skull Island. Uh, I wish that this movie took a little bit more notes from that because I think it would be all the better for it. I think that movie is like super mean and cynical. Also, it uses its environment very well to where there's like fucking trees that are big monsters. Uh, but for similar reasons, you have people who are, again, in this unfamiliar environment being mm-hmm. hunted against something that they are kind of familiar with. Yeah, they're in the jungle. Yeah, they've been in combat before, but they're being hunted by alien dogs as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, terrorists or whatever they're hunting in their respective wars but um yeah i think uh this movie could have taken all of these things taken the best elements from them but unfortunately it kind of mixes the best and the worst which are you know what makes this movie kind of a mixed bag for me but an enjoyable one yeah kong skull island uh you know even has an homage to uh original predator with its uh, helicopter scene yep so you know it uh all comes all comes around and uh you know i think this is uh, again, still a worthy entry uh, of the franchise. You know, three movies in; these are all you know still watchable movies. Um, even if we did give like you know two not the best scores, it's still a very watchable movie. So I mean, it's not like a uh, uh, so far you know none of these are skip skippable. These are all you know so good batting batting average. We so should have had chance on the last episode, man. Like he he seems like he really would have went to bat for this uh, one. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. I think we I think we not like to discredit our our basket. They did an excellent. Job, no, I love I love it a foursome. No, I love Jay. I think we like got him to like come down on it. A oh little man, bit. I hate that. No chance <laughs> would uh, chance. I feel like chance would stand as oh, ground. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Shout out to Jay um, yeah. who just you know he saw it our way, but I no, think chance I'm, the would've... scorpion is ready. <laughs> oh, he sniffs the coke and goes fucking berserk. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the, the, this is an interesting franchise, and next uh, we will be going into uh, the uh, seemingly the most maligned of uh, of the franchise. So, uh, which I think is not bad. Hey, I'm so we'll I'm see. curious to to we'll uh, to rewatch it, but yeah, um, I'm curious to rewatch <laughs> it as well. But um, yeah. but. We are we are sweating our asses off because LA is uh, suffering right now. So Chance, thank you yes. so much for coming on the show. Always appreciate talking some movies with you. Um, tell everybody about your podcast and uh, what else you got going on. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, please listen to my podcast. We didn't peak. Uh, available wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. God help you. Uh, check it out. It's uh, interview cool people. Devon's done the show. Uh, it's a it's. A uh, fun time. I've been doing more solo episodes also, which has been Can fun. Can confirm. Good time. Well, thank Can you. Can confirm. Really fun time. <laughs> it's, uh, I, uh, I know how to spin a yarn. Uh, follow me on all forms of social media. At Chance is Loud is the best way to find me. At Chance is Loud. You can see me doing stand-up comedy all over LA. Uh, I, if, if you ever want to just show up at the Haha ha Comedy Club in the Valley at any on any given <laughs> night, and I'm probably there. I just don't post about it because I'm working out. 
Uh, other than that, check out the Rumi official YouTube channel. I am a writer and uh, on-camera boy for that YouTube channel. Uh, check out the Rumi official TikTok. We're going to be where we've we're revamping that a little bit and coming out with some funny content for y'all. Uh, we just did a collab with PewDiePie, which is exciting. Uh, that's up now on the YouTube channel. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, good, good, good time. Rumi is. Uh, I, I remember uh, watching Rumi uh, back in my college days, watching him on YouTube. Yeah, good guy, sweet yeah. Swede. And uh, Garrett, what are you working on? Oh, same old, same old. Uh, you guys can uh, find me on uh, Twitter, on Letterboxd, uh, and YouTube uh, at Garrett McDowell. Uh, I've been a little bit more frequent on TikTok uh, lately, so if you kind of want to see my most uh, recent uh, movie thoughts that isn't Letterboxd, you can uh, follow me there also at Garrett McDowell. Uh, if you want some more podcast goodness, I've already uh, plugged it a couple of times in this episode uh, with Devon's weird arm comment, but uh, the Star <laughs> Wars uh, Star Wars side of my life, uh, you can find me at uh, the Scum and Villainy podcast, uh, me and my buddy Noah, weekly episodes. Uh, we'd love to uh, have you guys over there if you want to hear some more genre goodness, uh, but that's about it for me. Literally look up Marvel Arm uh, and it comes up. They do it in it's weird. Like, I just got they the Chris do it, Evans gif of him curling. They the do it in at least four or five <laughs> movies. I'm not making this up. I swear. Everybody gaslight Devon. Just tweet him and be like, "What are you talking about? What? Is, what, what arm? Oh man!" <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, at underscore Daddy Disco on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it just did an episode of Pod and Pendulum talking uh, Texas Chainsaw: The Next Generation. Um, I, I did a little. Texas Chainsaw mini marathon amongst my Predator marathon. Um, but I watched a lot of movies this past uh, this past week because I also um, joined in on the Horror Queers um, live stream hangout on their YouTube channel where we uh, discussed our uh, favorite uh, horror movies of the year so far. Uh, we had quite the murderer's row of uh, other horror podcasters and writers, uh, many of which have been guests here on uh, here on the podcast. So go check that out because uh, I got gaslit in that <laughs> show too. Yep. And you will next week too with the movie that we're talking about. Everybody, <laughs> to quote Rick and Morty, gaslighting is not real and you're fucking insane. <laughs> uh, but that'll go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so make sure you're subscribed and do not miss an episode. You can find us on social media at Bloody Blunts Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, leave us five stars and a nice little review. We'd appreciate it. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.